This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. Jimmy Hoffa has disappeared. He's missing. He's still missing. But the day he disappeared was July 30th, 1975. Jimmy Hoffa was the former president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, the nation's largest and most powerful union. He was trying to regain control of the union, which he'd lost after going to prison in 1967 on fraud and bribery charges. He went to a restaurant called the Red Fox in Bloomfield Township in the Detroit suburbs. He was having a meeting with Tony Jack and Tony Pro, Anthony Giacalone and Anthony Provenzano, a pair of mobsters. Tony Jack was a capo in the Detroit crime family. Tony Pro was a capo in the Genovese crime family in New York, and a former national vice president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, a Hoffa ally turned enemy. The meeting was set for 2 p.m. Over the next hour and a half, Hoffa was seen pacing outside his car in the parking lot and he made a series of payphone calls to his wife and associates complaining that the men he was supposed to meet were late. He was being stood up. And that was the last anybody ever heard from Jimmy Hoffa. The next morning, his wife called their grown son and daughter to say he hadn't come home. Hoffa's car was found in the parking lot, unlocked, but undisturbed. The cops, the state police, and the FBI announced that there was no foul play and the FBI said they had no reason to join in the investigation. The Hoffa family thought there was a reason. A family spokesman said if Jimmy hasn't turned up by now, he's dead. We're praying for a ransom note, but we have to face the facts. Jimmy Hoffa was born in Indiana, but raised in Detroit. He left school at 14 and began working for a grocery store chain that treated its employees badly. He got involved in organizing efforts by the workers, and he quickly rose to a leadership position. He caught the eye of Teamsters Local 299, which hired him as an organizer in 1932, when he was 19. Hoffa had never been a truck driver, but he was a great organizer, strategist, and leader, and he played a big role in consolidating local trucker associations into a national framework. Teamsters' membership boomed over the next quarter century, That might have happened anyway, even if Hoffa had never existed. The trucking industry was coming into its own, and the economy was booming during and after World War II. But he did exist, and he was a powerhouse. He became the president of the Teamsters in 1957, in the wake of his predecessor, Dave Beck, going to prison on fraud charges. The labor leaders were in the crosshairs of the Senate Labor Rackets Committee and its chief counsel. Robert F. Kennedy. And I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. Well, I don't have... go for that kind of action. Well, then you could have uh, arranged that not going for that kind of action by disassociating yourself many years ago from Joe Costello. Why? You could have done it from Mr. John Kennedy. Vitale. Every place you go, we've checked your telephone numbers. You're calling every gangster in the United States. 
1961, Kennedy was appointed attorney general by the new president, his brother. He went after organized crime, and part of that meant going after Hoffa. The feds finally got their man in 1964. Hoffa was convicted of bribing a grand juror in Nashville and of using Teamsters' pensions as a slush fund to pay off mobsters. He got 13 years, and he went to prison in Pennsylvania in 1967 when his appeals were exhausted. In 1971, President Richard Nixon commuted his sentence to time served. In what may have been a coincidence, but may not have been, the traditionally Democratic Teamsters supported Nixon for re-election in 1972. But Hoffa had a problem. The terms of his parole prevented him from engaging in union activities until 1980. He was fighting that in court and trying to regain control of the Detroit local again when he had his fateful meeting, or lack of meeting, with Tony Jack and Tony Pro. Both of them had threatened Hoffa in the past, and this meeting had been offered as a peace summit. What happened to Jimmy Hoffa became one of the great mysteries of the 20th century, a companion to the Amelia Earhart mystery. One popular theory had him buried beneath one of the end zones at Giant Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, which was being built when he disappeared. Even as a kid, that one struck me as stupid. Professional hitmen killed a guy in Detroit and buried him 600 miles away? There was no good place to dump a body between Detroit and New Jersey? And they put him under the field? There were miles of concrete they could have lost him in, but they put him in the one place that might be dug up. They replaced playing fields, you know. Over the years, there have been dozens of rumors and claims by people who say they know what happened or they heard someone talking about what happened, but nothing's ever panned out. Jimmy Hoffa was officially declared dead in 1982, but he's still missing. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.